0: Welcome to the Philosophy of Fighting Podcast with your hosts, Arturo and Anu. just a little background on our guest today, Craig. Craig moved from Massachusetts and was a pro wrestler in his early 20s before coming to San Diego. After a few years, he decided to pick it back up again, now in his later 20s. I'm also a professional wrestling fan, and in that time, I told him about the history of catch wrestling and its ties to pro wrestling, and that I can teach him some things he may find useful in terms of creativity. Uh, he's since had a passion for grappling and trains with us on the weekends at my gym. Craig is also a national powerlifter and probably the strongest pound-for-pound person I know, uh, chances are, if you meet Craig, he's probably the strongest person you know. So I'll say, first off, thanks for joining us. We're excited to have you on. I've known you for about five years, and I can attest to your discipline and everything you do. Uh, listeners can definitely learn a thing or two from your experience with pro wrestling, but they can also learn from your experience in grappling, powerlifting, diet, fitness, baking. Uh, you've done a great job at committing to every discipline you do, and showing great success in it. So we're excited to learn something about you. So first things first, welcome to the podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. I'm, uh, I'm not used to you saying so many nice things about me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm not sure how to respond to all that, but I, I, I appreciate all the kind words. And I also appreciate being the first time guest on this podcast. It's very mm-hmm. exciting.
0: Yes, yes. You are first guest, in fact. Um, yeah. And I know I love to give you a hard time. I definitely love playing the bad guy and give you a hard time. But, you know, I'll let you know when you've done a good job, too. Yeah. <laughs> Can
2: you tell us a little bit about yourself, Craig?
1: First joined CrossFit ATR because I didn't know anybody at all in San Diego. So I figured joining a, a gym with such like a great community and whatnot would be a great way to just meet people and also just have something to do. And after maybe two years or so at being at the CrossFit gym, I was introduced to powerlifting, which I'd say has kind of taken over as my, my main sport currently. And that's been a phenomenal experience. Like Arturo said, I was able to qualify for nationals, which was a, a, an amazing achievement. And along the way, so to go back a little bit further, I wrestled, as Arturo mentioned, in college for about a year at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. Uh, I'm not sure how many wrestling fans are on here or can know that many wrestlers currently. But a lot of people in the WWE have gone through that school, especially the New England area when I was there. So it was a very prestigious school. I, I wrestled for, like Arturo said, about a year. And then when I walked away, when I graduated college, it, it had been something I'd been missing in my life. For a while. And I tried to fill that void with powerlifting, which I, I've had success with. Um, but during the pandemic, especially, it made me reevaluate what's really important to me. It was at that time that I really realized how much I freaking miss wrestling. And I kept putting it off to have one last epic powerlifting meet. And then when everything got kind of got put on pause and I saw that the wrestling school's back opened up, there weren't any powerlifting meets on the horizon. I was like, screw it. Like I'd be lying to myself. It'd be disingenuous of me not to pursue this. So I enrolled at the Level Up Professional Wrestling School here in San Diego. And that's just been a phenomenal experience. I've been training there for about nine months. And the, uh, the cool thing about it is I'm doing both. I'm doing powerlifting and wrestling, which I never thought would have been possible. And uh, I, I owe a big deal of credit back to Arturo for pushing me in. I remember I, I asked him one day when I was conflicted about which to do. And he's like, why don't you do both? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like can you do that? <laughs> and love and behold, uh, I'm, I'm doing both. So pretty crazy. And I'm adding jujitsu into the mix, which was also very cool.
0: You're a man of many talents. Uh, you definitely want to prioritize and focus on one, but you can definitely do more than one thing, for sure.
1: Yeah, I joke around that I'm the Bo Jackson of, uh, of our gym. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, solid reference.
2: Can 100. I ask you how much you squat and deadlift, just so people know?
1: Sure, yeah. yeah. So my target for squat is 182 and a half kilos, which is like 402 pounds. Okay. Uh, my bench press is not great. I'm aiming for like 105 kilos, which is like 231 pounds. And then my deadlift, like this is like what I'm most hyped for. So I'm I'm being a little ambitious and I'm, I'm opening at 240 kilos, which is 530 pounds, give or take. Ooh. But uh, I'm hoping something along the lines of like 250, 255 kilos, which I think is somewhere in the 550 range. Yeah.
2: That's crazy. And you're 145. So you're going to be
1: lifting, you're going to be
2: deadlifting over triple your weight. Yeah,
1: that's the goal.
2: (laughs) Well, the fact that you're trying makes my knees hurt. So that's pretty dope. So,
0: So tell us a little bit about what it's like to train for professional wrestling. Like, what do you do? How do you find a school? How do you, what is training like? Tell us kind of the process of kind of like, all right, this is something I want to kind of do. How should I do?
1: Yeah. So that's one of the beautiful things about the advent of the internet is if you have an interest in anything, um, usually a quick Google search or or just browsing, we'll, we'll kind of find the best place for that. Um, So, yeah, I stumbled across it on social media because there's another school. I think there's only two schools in San Diego that I'm aware of. There's another one in San Marcos, which I'm not sure if our listeners are familiar with San Diego, about like a 35, 45 minute drive away. Mm -hmm. The current school I'm at is much closer. So, yeah, I I found it through a Google search. Uh, I went there to just check it out. Uh, I went to one of their student shows first which if you've never been to an independent wrestling show or a wrestling show in person, I would hundred percent encourage it Cause it's like anything, like you can see it on TV and it doesn't really resonate with you how entertaining and impactful and athletic the performers that you're seeing are. And uh, the other, the other thing is when you go to a wrestling show, the crowd, it's almost like a second family, like all of these people, love the same thing that you do and the energy is just like off the charts
0: yeah I can attest Anyways, to that to, it,
1: being part of the crowd is almost like
0: you're you're a part of the show you're like the, the, right. character in the show.
1: it would be like watching a movie and you're cheering or booing could influence what's going on right um, so it's very unique in that respect and and going to a show is so much better than just watching it on television uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect many people to watch it in television or care it's not for everybody uh, but seeing it in person it's almost it's like a it's like a carnival ride or something it's it's incredible but, I, I find uh, to people get... think that way about hockey and stuff
0: too like people aren't typically drawn to hockey but then they go to a hockey game and they're like yo that was crazy like, yeah because yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. they cool.
1: play all those types of music and like there's chance or whatever like there could be a fight happen and everyone's just going wild so yeah wrestling yeah it's very similar that's a good good comparison mm-hmm. so, so
2: can I ask you Craig did you get into wrestling because you liked fighting or was it more <laughs> the entertainment?
1: Uh, I would say more of the entertainment um, so earliest memory of wrestling I must have been four years old. I remember it was WCW and there was a tag team match between Hulk Hogan partnering with Dennis Rodman against <laughs> Diamond Dallas Page and Carl Malone. Ooh, and it was like that, that crossover appeal that got my dad to watch it. And me being just the kid, I saw this like I, I was a child, so I don't really know who Carl Malone or Dennis Rodman was, but I had seen them play basketball before. And then like to see these guys like fight, I was like this is incredible. And then just watching that, you get exposed to some of the other wrestlers like Sting or Goldberg or whatever. Um, So yeah, so I was a a WCW kid growing up, but just seeing these larger than life superheroes duke it out uh, is what grabbed me. Nice. So
2: say really quick, just so we get each other and the listeners understand, I thought it might be fun if you could bring three people with you so three former wrestlers and yourself like that's your crew yeah and like a survivor match
1: okay so do we should all
2: answer this right we could yeah, do yeah. one one and one like a draft sure. so if okay.
1: you want to go first craig like who do you yeah. bring with you so they have to be retired no they don't have to be i don't know all time yeah all time all time uh, i'll probably Shawn michaels has to be in there
0: oh that was my pick all right that's yeah, a like, good
1: that, that's a no-brainer I'd probably also have to put the Undertaker in there. Okay. Uh, and then I'll go. I'll go someone current. I'll go Daniel Bryan. I feel like he's Ooh. for the listeners out there. If you have an interest in modern day wrestling, he's a very good guy to watch. Yeah. So that's that's a tough question though. There's a lot of different <laughs> ways you could go about it.
2: All right, but that's that's pretty different. That's good. Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, and Daniel Bryan. Who'd you bring with you, Arturo?
0: We're in a match together, right? Or no?
2: Yeah, they're they're your crew. It's like you're you're they're you my got crew.
0: Team. All right, I'm going Kurt Angle. Okay. All right, Mick Foley. Any incarnation nice. of Mick Foley? Steve Austin. Fuck.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I think uh, that would be the funniest crew.
2: All right, that's a good one. Yeah. Why didn't
0: you pick Ric Flair? Yeah, I would, but. I, I, I picked my guys because I think they could all play face and heel really well. Gotcha. And no matter which ones we were playing, mm-hmm. they would still be hilarious and entertaining. And, yeah.
2: So you have Austin, Mankind, and who else? What was the last one?
0: Uh, the first one, Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. Okay. Mm. The true wrestler, the gold medalist. Mm-hmm. All right.
2: I'm going with Hollywood Hogan. Mm. Okay. I want, I want the bad guy. I'll take Ric Flair for the nostalgia okay. and the hilarity. And also I love the million dollar man. Yeah. I believe everybody does have a price. And so I feel like that'll be my crew of bad guys.
0: That's good. This, those are good answers. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm.
2: So I got into wrestling because I liked fighting. Then people told me, oh, wrestling's fake. And, and that and that blew my mind. And Artie says you get upset when people say that. So I'm just curious about your perspective when people say that and how, how do you think people should look at wrestling?
1: So that's a very good question. Um, I doubt, I do not think fake is the right word to use. And I think most of the people that do use fake don't know anything about it, which is fair. I mean, a lot of people talk about a lot of things they don't know about. (laughs) Um, Even the word scripted, I don't think is great because I've done this and I know a lot of people have done this. I have never seen a script. <laughs> um, if anything, it's more improvisational and you talked to the person beforehand. And it's kind of like a language. Uh, so you don't even really necessarily follow a script. Uh, and even choreographed isn't right. It, it's. Uh, yeah, I think
0: you had it right there athletic improvisation. I'm like, yeah. that, that, that's something and, right and, there. Yeah. And
1: fake And fake is the worst of it all because you get hurt i've Mm -hmm. broken my nose doing this and i haven't even done it that long my present trainer he tore his achilles wrestling a match that freaking wasn't fake him recovering and his rehab that's not fake it's not like he can just say oh (laughs) cut let me get a new achilles and let's do this again
2: how Uh, did you break your nose can you can you share how it happened
1: I was in training in Massachusetts where one of my signature moves at the time is when I climb up to the top rope, I leap off it and I hit my opponent with a drop kick. Pretty flashy, pretty simple move too. But what I had done was I got, when I hit them with the drop kick, I kind of got a weird push off and I ended up hitting the mat face first and Mm -hmm. uh, completely smashing my nose. I popped up and I was bleeding and, uh, and the pro wrestler in me, even though it was practice, it was like, you never stop. (laughs) So I like, I went for the pinfall and my trainer was like, Hey, you're bleeding way too much. Like get out of the ring, get out of the ring. (laughs) Damn it. So yeah, I I think fake is not a good word for it. Even if you want to say staged, I'm fine with that. But you don't want people minimizing
2: it. People minimize it. They'll say it's fake and for kids. And what you're saying is it requires a whole lot of practice and improvisation and athleticism. Right. Like,
1: and I wouldn't risk. say it's not a legitimate contest. We're not actually fighting. I would also never be so braggadocious about it to be like, oh, just because I'm a professional wrestler, like I can beat you up. That doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that. But I don't think it should be reduced to oh, it's just fake. So like why do I need to care about it? It's realer mm-hmm. than almost every television show that you watch. <laughs> so <laughs> All
0: right, so let, let's let's tie this in a little bit because we're kind of a, a martial arts podcast too. Yeah. So tell us your experience and exposure to martial arts. Did that influence with pro wrestling or vice versa? Tell us a little bit about some of that.
1: Yeah, so I, I started training jiu-jitsu with Arturo in September, mostly to add some legitimacy to my wrestling and also to protect myself because sometimes – especially at the local level, you might be wrestling someone and you don't know who they are, or they could be trying to take advantage of you. And I think having that comfortability and being in those situations and being able to, to take care of yourself is a very valuable skill in any sort of combat scenario. Um, so that was what led me to start doing jujitsu. And as it's been going on, I've definitely found I've been able to take little pieces of jujitsu into pro wrestling and that's only going to get better as I, cause especially as a white belt, um, you're more focused on defending yourself and the positioning, but I feel like once I start getting more fluid with some of the more offensive maneuvers or, or whatnot, that I'll be able to implement even more of that into wrestling. But also I've been able to find that some of the stuff that I do in wrestling and how you get out of a hold or a counter or even your positioning does have some practicality in jiu-jitsu so it, it's been a, it's been a pretty good uh synchronization between the two
2: before jujitsu you were still powerlifting so you were really strong correct for, like you were always yes,
1: but also smaller uh again I'm only 150 pounds but yeah. yeah stronger for my size
2: so I was gonna ask you before you were training jujitsu with Artie did you think you were a good fighter like do you think like wrestling did you ever have that like fighting mindset where you're like oh i kind of know what i'm doing or no is it like totally different once you got on the mats
1: so i've tried to avoid most like actual physical confrontations in life just because you and outside of like a a competition setting i in my view it's never been worth it
2: well i bring it up because of what you mentioned where Mm -hmm. you said in the local scenes like shady stuff might happen like did you ever feel like you needed to and did you feel more confident then and then now you realize, oh shit, I didn't know what I was doing. You know what I mean? I'm trying to say. Yeah,
1: so fortunately that never occurred. uh, happened to me where someone was trying to blatantly take advantage of me. Or if there were times where someone does, I would like hit them back and it wouldn't escalate into a fight because you are working with the person. Um, But I I do feel more confident now. And also there's a video of me rolling, doing jujitsu with one of my friends before I started. And I had no idea what I was doing. Whereas I think if that matchup were to happen again, like I would handle myself way better. Like it would be it'd be a completely different story. So I, I do feel way more confident in that type of scenario, um, having trained for six months.
0: So let me ask you another question. This is both in martial arts and pro wrestling. You can treat them as separate questions. Do you have any one or group of people that you would attribute as your biggest influences in pro wrestling or biggest influences in martial arts?
1: Oh my goodness. So pro wrestling, I would probably say whoever my trainers are, because they really help you fine tune what your character needs to be. Because even though I said I'd have Shawn Michaels or Undertaker or Daniel Bryan on my team, that very much suits their style and sure there's little elements like a la carte that you can probably take from them but I'm not going to be choke slamming or tombstone pile driving (laughs) anyone (laughs) so honestly I I, I really attribute a lot of my influences to my trainers all the wrestlers I watch on television I take a little bit from but there's no one specifically I'm trying to emulate if anything I'm just trying to take it a piece from each and, and make it my own.
0: Okay,
1: And then in martial arts, uh, I'm not as versed as, as martial arts as you guys. I would say you Arturo are definitely a huge influence for me. Um, again, you're my trainer and you're my, my close friend and you understand wrestling and mixed martial arts. So you're someone who, when you're explaining something in jitsu, like, hey Craig, like, you also might like this for wrestling. Uh, and I think that's very cool. So yeah, that would probably be my answer. Cool.
0: Okay. All right. All right. So I had a little fun thing, fun little game for you to play, kind of test sure. you a little bit. Yeah. Um, I have a list of wrestlers that may or may not have combat martial arts experience. Okay. So the game would be, I'll name the wrestler and yeah. you tell me if they do have experience. And that could be either fight experience or even just, have trained in it for, you know, a time, not like, oh, I showed up to a class or something. All right, so I'll start off with some easy ones that I think you should get. (laughs) Ken Shamrock.
1: Oh, absolutely. He has fight experience.
0: (laughs) Brock Lesnar. That's also, uh, yes. (laughs) Bobby Lashley. Yes. Okay, all right. So, let's assume
1: Yeah, those were layups.
0: (laughs) Okay, all right. So, how about Dan Severn? yes okay all right you say so you know the old guy like, yeah
1: uh, yeah the beast and severin right
0: and yeah that's right yep. antonio enoki
1: yep okay yes. all
0: right
1: how about shinsuke nakamura of course he has an mma record
0: that's right he does do you know what that record is
1: was he like three and zero? Oh? i don't
0: know Ooh, that's very close three and one craig <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> not bad all right john moxley
1: i'm gonna say yes but i could be wrong
0: not that I know of. He's a no.
1: He competed in a uh, Josh Barnett's Blood Sport, which I don't know if you're familiar with.
0: I am familiar with that. Yes.
1: Yeah, like it, it's a it's a wrestling show that's very much MMA based. There's no rules. It's just a Matt
0: uh, Triple H. No. That's correct. Batista.
1: Yes, he has.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan.
1: That's. I'm gonna say no, but he wrestles so much like it looks like he has. He, he does have some
0: jujitsu training.
1: Oh, oh, okay. I go so training, yeah, but yes, I don't think that's yes. ever. like active
0: training, I would say. Yeah. Mm. How about Braun Strowman? No. Correct. Tay Conti.
1: Absolutely, yeah. She's a black belt in judo and blue belt in jujitsu,
0: yeah. Damn, all right, all right. Perry Saturn.
1: Yes, he's so freaking tough. Like, there's no way he hasn't. <laughs> he's a tough
0: guy, but I haven't found anything that, like, he had any formal combat training. That I still, like, even
1: without it, he could still beat up. Like. I know,
0: right? <laughs> he does seem like a really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh Alberto Del Rio.
1: Yes. He wrestled, uh, he he got knocked out by Mirko Crow Cop. I want to oh, say. Oh, shit, yeah. Look, Look at that. you,
0: Craig. killer <laughs> Yeah, Craig is good at this. How about Jeff Cobb?
1: Uh, he's an Olympic wrestler, so yes,
0: that's right. And what's crazy is um he lost to Yoel Romero in the in the Olympics. Really? Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah.
1: Dana Basley, of course. Hmm. Wasn't she um who was her catch wrestling trainer? Wasn't she someone that you like? Kind yes, yeah. Uh, so we're
0: kind of in the fe-
1: same Billy Robinson
0: tree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Alistair Black.
1: I don't know if he's popular but he's, he definitely has training, like kickboxing training.
0: Correct, he's kickboxing training. Damn, Craig, that's that's pretty much all I got. You killed it, dude. Oh, yeah. What about The Undertaker?
1: So I don't think he has, but he said that if MMA was as popular as it was when he was growing up, he would, he would have had a hand in it because he's such a fan. Yeah, because he started in the 80s. I don't think mixed martial arts was popular then.
0: No, wasn't even around. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. How many, and the list goes on. Like, I can I can compile a list at least three times longer Mm. of people. But yeah, damn, Craig knows his shit. All right. So, what advice would you give to aspiring pro wrestlers?
1: I think, and I think this is a lot of advice. A lot of people give is don't wait. If you're at all thinking about it or curious. You'll never be more ready. It, it's it's very hard to know exactly what to expect until you start doing it. And I guarantee, if you like, once you start getting like once you start getting in a ring and like hitting the ropes, taking bumps, working on different chain wrestling, like you're gonna get hooked. Um, so, yeah, don't don't wait at all. And also, just be it be a sponge and be patient. I know that's probably opposite advice is to don't wait and to be patient but once you start it's very important to learn safety first and to understand why you're doing something versus versus like whether you can or not like sure you might be able to have the best german suplex that anyone in the school does but if you don't know the right time to use it or if you can't do it safely it's not worth doing so once you get into it just just listen be careful and 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 just yeah be be patient there's no there's no need to rush this
0: so would your advice differ if you had to give advice to aspiring martial artists like you know you train jujitsu jitsu now yeah what would be your advice to someone you know aspiring to learn jiu-jitsu
1: so honestly i think it would be exactly the same advice um where If it's something that you're interested in or something that you want to pursue i wouldn't wait for it but also at the same coin once you get into it don't think just because you've learned an arm bar that you can just start flying around trying to submit all your training partners with arm bars like it doesn't really work like that like you kind Mm -hmm. of have to build like have building blocks so i yeah my advice would be exactly the same okay
0: that's great advice yeah Yeah. and Um, and
1: safety first is a hundred percent number one
0: (laughs) yeah yeah so that, that that's like a stark difference i find with like pro wrestling and jujitsu. where in jujitsu, or just a general submission grappling it's like even though you're trying to like submit your opponent most of the blame is still on you if you get hurt mm-hmm. where like with pro wrestling you have a lot more responsibility with your opponent's health mm-hmm. So I yeah. feel like that has to be taken into like so much more consideration as a pro wrestler as opposed to a martial artist.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like I'm not trying to like kill my opponent in martial arts, yeah. but still I don't have to worry about like a bad fall because that's solely their responsibility where like in pro wrestling, it's, you know, it's partially yours too. So,
1: so even yeah. on like takedowns
0: and whatnot? Yeah, you know, I mean, if I'm taking down, I'm, I'm trusting that this person knows how to break their fall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? where i would imagine in pro wrestling it's like the timing has to be right otherwise you know like i could take my opponent by surprise in jujitsu. in pro wrestling bad things can happen yeah i don't know i feel like yeah there could no be,
1: I, I i see you know. what you mean because i've seen it firsthand and it's very scary sometimes was if the person doesn't know how to give a body slam like you kind of have this contract with them where you're trusting them with your body and if they don't drop you the right way or drop you on your head, like that's a very scary feeling. Like they, they're almost kind of violating that trust that you've given them. And, yeah. and usually it's an accident, but um, yeah, that's one of the big reasons why I think everyone at my wrestling school, they're such a brotherhood is because if we don't have complete and utter trust in each other, it ain't going to work.
2: Mm-hmm. Do you think it's partially because Uh, with wrestling you have to make things look entertaining so Mm -hmm. it's like you're kind of like getting thrown where yeah with jujitsu or wrestling if you're getting taken down it doesn't have to look sexy you know that person could break their fall like is it more the theatrics that's making it seem so dangerous right and you have to trust your partner like so much
1: yeah no that's definitely an aspect of it because when you're getting thrown sometimes the person getting thrown will give a little boost or or post or or accentuate how far they're being thrown to make it look better. Um, and then with that, if there's something that's a little bit off, um, but yeah, I would say that's definitely the case.
0: All right, Craig, let's continue. What's your favorite submission?
1: Oh my goodness. It's a great question. So in wrestling, I'm a big fan currently of the octopus stretch just cause it's one that I've been able to do, but I also, I love the Goga Plata, which the undertaker refers to as hell's gate. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I'd probably go with the Goga Plata.
0: Okay. All right. Do you have a favorite like professional wrestling move?
1: The German suplex by far. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it, looks devastating and there's so many like variations of it Mm. where you could like have a high angle one where they land like almost right on their neck you could do like repeated ones you can have a nice bridge with it uh you could even deadlift the person and hit them with a german suplex which is pretty cool yeah
0: all right so do you think there's a non-martial art sport that you think transfers best to pro wrestling
1: uh i mean i would probably say weight training of any means because it's an aesthetic
0: okay entertainment
1: business i don't know if that's the answer that you're looking for
0: no that that Um, makes sense yeah
1: but there's people who have built their careers on just looking jacked and amazing (laughs) 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 if you can do that then that's a pretty big sell (laughs) i don't like that's funny people like the ultimate warrior like right yeah if he wasn't, if he didn't lift that much, then it wouldn't have worked.
2: <laughs> right, right. He would just look like a regular cokehead. <laughs> you, yeah. like you need a jack, dude. <laughs> like, All right, cool. All
0: right, so let's get to our quintessential question. This is a question we ask on the podcast every week. Oh, wow. you can fight anyone right now. Who would if, you want to
1: fight, and why? It would most likely be Steven Seagal, and. <laughs> The reason being is, I don't know if you saw, there was a video he did like a keto demonstration a few years ago at the Sambo tournament. You can look it up on YouTube. I'm not denying the credibility of what he was doing, it just looked a little suspect. So, if I could just put myself in that position just to see, you know, how legitimate he is. That would be very interesting to me. I don't have any pretense that I would win this fight. Like He's much bigger than I am. He's an action movie star who, besides his black belt in Aikido, I think he's disciplined in other martial arts. So I, I fully expect I would, I would get my butt handed to me. But it would be very curious. And if I did win, like, hell, I just beat Steven Seagal. In the- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Seagal's a good answer.
0: Yeah, Steven Seagal's a great answer. So would you feel... Would you feel that anyone who is trying to push a questionable martial art, like there's a lot of people that like use like energy and no touch martial arts and like people
1: fall down, would you wanna fight them? Not necessarily, cause I don't know enough about that. Okay. It's just like that video went viral. And, and unfortunately mm-hmm. the internet is the way that it is. And it kind mm-hmm. of dumped on him whether right or wrong but I would just be curious to see what he's got.
0: (laughs) So if you're interested, there's an Instagram account called McDojo life. McDojo as in like McDonald's, but dojo McDojo life. Uh, And if any listener wants to check it out, it's basically a guy who's taking it upon himself to kind of call out all the bullshit in martial arts. So a lot of those like traditional, like no, no touch, they're just like waving their hand and people are falling down and stuff. Yeah, and he's actually creating a documentary where he's actually coming out to these people and kind of calling them out for mm. you know taking people's money taking people for fools so it's kind of interesting um some would say Seagal might be in that realm
1: yeah I don't know enough about him but just from the video that I watched
0: yeah Sakito is real Akito is real oh absolutely yeah right yeah.
1: How practical it might
0: be in a self-defense scenario is debatable. Right. But, um, yeah, that's a great answer. All right. So let's say, you know, you were going to fight Steven Seagal. Yes. Who would you want coaching you?
1: I think there's, like, I have to choose this person. It's going to be Kurt Angle. Like,
0: there's no ifs,
1: ands, or buts about it. Like, he's a legitimate Olympic gold medalist. Uh, so the amount of knowledge that I could learn is insurmountably vast and he's also a freaking like WWE Hall of Famer so yes I'm learning all of this legitimate wrestling techniques but also for me I get to mark out and hang out with this freaking legend so
0: hell yeah I'm taking Kurt Angle (laughs) that, that, that is a great answer yeah
2: what's your finishing move against Steven Seagal
1: so he he's a lot bigger than I am. So are we talking about in wrestling, or if I actually had to, if I had to take him down, whatever. However you want to answer, we can imagine. If I I'm if saying. I actually had to take Steven Seagal, I'm thinking, I'm thinking he's just so much bigger than I got to go for his legs somehow. So whether it's some type of knee bar, which might not necessarily be Kurt Angle's strong suit, I think it'd be some type of double leg or or some means to get him down that Kurt Angle's going to teach me about. And the and ankle lock. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, if I can get an ankle lock on Steven Seagal, my life is made. I'll I don't need to do anything else anymore.
0: That would be
2: pretty that, sad. that was Ken Shamrock's finishing move, no? And Kurt yes. Angle as well,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah, so perfect. So you there you yeah, go. It has I'm to gonna, be the
2: foot lock, but
1: yeah. Kurt Angle's gonna teach me to ankle lock Steven Seagal. <laughs> Craig, yeah. Why
2: do you like the good guy wrestlers and not the bad guy wrestlers?
1: Oh so I I like them both it really just depends on who they are uh the bad guy has way more freedom i i think the bad guy is a little bit of an easier job because i think it's easier to get someone to hate you than to like you where those good guy wrestlers if they're not dealt the best hand they still got to try to persevere and get you to like you which is it can be very hard
0: (laughs) i like that perspective interesting All right, so I'm going to borrow a segment from our friends at the Anything Goes podcast with Greg and Alex. It's called Keep It or Kill It. So I say something and you can decide to keep it or kill it. Okay. So I'll start off with powerlifting.
1: Oh, keep it 100%. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Drug testing. Keep it. Ooh.
1: I think okay. there's a, a time and place for it.
0: Okay sumo deadlifts keep it okay wrist locks
1: keep it why would you get rid of that <laughs> some people man yeah brock lesnar 100 uh, percent keep it i've oh, okay i've never understood why anyone would disparage that guy um, okay he, yeah
0: <laughs> goldberg
1: Keep it. Although a little bit (laughs) less today. I mean, we don't, we don't need to see him as much now as we did back then, but.
0: Okay. So you're, you're.
1: I mean, I'm not going to say kill Goldberg. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: That was the sound bite I'm looking for. So, all right. No, yeah, no. (laughs) Okay. A smaller wrestler with strong style moves. Keep it or kill it. hundred percent. Keep
1: it. Okay. Yeah
0: a mouthpiece while pro wrestling
1: keep it one of my buddies that i train with has a mouthpiece and it just looks fantastic like nice yeah how about a cup while
0: pro wrestling
1: keep it yeah if, if you got to protect yourself <laughs> better to be safe than sorry okay
0: naruto the anime
1: Keep it. If that's what you like and that's what you want to watch, by all means. <laughs> all right.
0: I think we're going to have to end the podcast right there. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Craig is Goodness. so sweet.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't want to kill anything. See?
1: Yeah. I'm yeah. not what? <laughs> such an extreme feeling. <laughs> MJF. Keep it. Again, mm-hmm. I. <laughs> I might not necessarily like him as much as everyone else, but I I appreciate and understand what he's doing. And and he he stands out, so. Fair enough.
0: Fair enough.
1: I don't think there's anything you're going to say that I'm
0: going to say kill.
1: Wow. Okay, okay.
0: The right side judge on your
1: squats. Oh, my God. All right. That might be the one (laughs) thing that we can kill For the listeners, I have, when you squat in a powerlifting meet, the way the squat is judged is the top of your hip crease has to go above the top of your knee. And then anatomically, for whatever reason, the right side of my hip is just a little bit higher than my left side. So I can sometimes get into a squat where the left side will meet the definition of a squat, but my right side will not. So in this scenario, if the right side judge gave me a red light, I don't know if I would want them dead, but that would, yeah. <laughs> that would push
0: me Yo, close. Okay, how about this? Not the person, just the position.
1: Well, then it's a, that's, you need it. You need it. you can't have it like.
0: <laughs> so you still so keep sweet. it? You yeah, still you keep it. it. See, key, this is this is Craig, right? He's yeah.
2: such a good guy. Yeah, no
0: one. Yeah, yeah.
2: Love
0: it. All right, so a couple more things. I guess we should go to this one now this is also going to borrow from our good friends, Greg and Alex, they do this one. How would you like people to remember you?
1: Oh my goodness. Um, as someone who pursued their passions, um, I almost get conflicted with myself. Maybe I'm like spending too much time on these things and not thinking about some of the other stuff, but hell, like pro wrestling makes me so damn happy. Like, Trying to go through life without it now would be really difficult. And obviously you get to that phase in your life where that thing that you love you can't necessarily do anymore. Hopefully that's very far away for me. And I can cross that bridge and find what other other passion I can to replace that. But yeah, like being able to do powerlifting, being able to do pro wrestling, doing jujitsu, like these are all things that I really have a passion for. And if i could be remembered for that that would be really cool and also to inspire other people like hell if it's something you like just do it nice. well, that, that that's sounds great. like a nike commercial but
0: no. <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> no that's good i mean that that is something i, I think I, I think i would answer that very similarly yeah yeah so you could fight for a cause so not a physical fight yeah so
2: you could help solve something like you know like what would be your battle that you think like oh yeah so along those same lines as the previous question, but maybe more specific.
1: Okay. Some type of like bullying or harassment that really like squanders who a person could be. If they keep getting said, like told no so many times, or you're not good enough, or you shouldn't do this. And they just hear it so much that it kind of, it, it, it resonates and becomes part of them and they don't become who that they want to be like. Like all that, like, I, it's just, that's just so frustrating to me. Like I'll be training with people and, and I understand like, sometimes you'll be like negative reinforcement or, or you're just trying to push someone. But like when somebody hears something so many times and that starts to become who they are, like that really pisses me off. Like I get like someone you might be training with might not be all that good or, or as prepared as everyone else be but you don't have to freaking bury them. Like, I don't know, like to see someone else's fire get squandered or, or quenched or whatever, that that irritates me. So that's something I would 100% stand up for.
0: Um, right on, very helpful. <laughs> so let's tell the listeners where people can find you, your social media, stuff like
1: that. Yeah, that's, um, I would say the only one, I'm not really all that active on social media. The one I would say I'm the most present on is probably Instagram which you can find me at my name, which is Craig Tino. Although I'm not ready to debut at any point, but when my wrestling debut does occur, I'll probably change my Instagram handle just so people don't know my real name. (laughs) But for the time being, you can find me at, at Craig Tino.
0: Any shout outs you might want to give maybe to schools, trainers, anything like that, or maybe where people might catch a wrestling show with you in it down the line.
1: Yeah, so definitely any type of show, it'll be Level Up Pro Wrestling. You can find them on Facebook or on Instagram. The school itself, if you're interested in that, uh, I would recommend looking out their social media and reaching out if you have an interest in joining. But they are also the ones that promote a lot of the shows. And the nice thing with uh, San Diego entering the next tier or going back a tier in the, in the COVID guidelines or whatever is that we're having shows. We, we have a show. We have three shows the next weekend in April um, which all that information can be found online on the level up pro wrestling school page yeah I would say that would be your one-stop shop for all things local San Diego wrestling and then if you're interested in 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 joining an awesome gym and maybe even learning a little bit jujitsu on the side I'd recommend checking out CrossFit ATR as well yeah, like I, have to, I have to promote that. That's been like my home for like the past five years. So, yeah,
0: it's been a good place Yeah.
1: So, yeah. you guys asked me some wrestling questions. Okay. So, if you guys could have a finishing move in pro wrestling,
0: Ooh.
1: what would it be? It can be anything. Anything's on the table.
2: Hmm.
1: Mine was the Senton Bomb. I even had that as my aim. Like the, the Jeff one- Hardy Swanton type deal or whatever
2: it was called. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, that one was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. the power bomb, obviously. If I was bigger, I would definitely
1: be the power bomb. It's just the yeah, most
2: yeah.
0: effort. Uh, I would go with a sub. I'm a bad guy. I have to go with a sub. Um, Bret
1: Hart, had a sharpshooter. He's a good guy. No, no. Oh, that's true. I hate Bret Hart. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, dang. <laughs> that's
0: why I like a nuke right there. Yeah. <laughs> no, my sub would probably be, I'd probably do like a lion tamer or something. Yeah. Okay yeah or i may even get like very jujitsu-y and do something more like uh maybe like a heel hook or something yeah i don't know
1: okay yeah. i like it i like
0: it yeah, yeah.
2: i like the theatrical stinky leg and people's elbow i think they are hilarious yeah
0: so so part of me thinks like what if i was just a comedic wrestler i would make like a ridiculous <laughs> move my finisher you know like oh, I make like a wrist lock or something you know like just a very simple like just the wrist lock that's it just like <laughs> yeah. this you know
2: <laughs> every time you fight somebody they come in with like gloves now and mittens just yeah. to yeah, themselves. That's, that's, <laughs>
1: honest, sometimes simple is better <laughs> yep.
2: yeah it's funny it's
0: yeah funny. That, that that's the, I, I think that's the beauty that's why i love pro wrestling is like you could you could be as ridiculous as you want as serious as you want and it's all kind of accepted and it can all be really fun
1: yeah
0: yeah Thanks for joining us, Craig. That about wraps up our first interview. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. So, what do you think of Craig in general? He's a nice guy, huh?
2: Dude, so nice. You know, yeah. like, like very sweet and kind, and not what I would think of as a wrestler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. like when I think of wrestling I think of like braggadocious and larger than life and like oh right he he has that though in his sweetness so i think it's like i like his character i would root for his
0: fighter so what's funny is knowing craig he can definitely play a heel like he's good knowing him he's not like that at all he's the nicest guy um Mm -hmm. people never say he never says bad things about anyone which is why i have to ruffle his feathers all the time because i'm like you're too nice i have to bother you a lot so I (laughs) i bust his balls a lot
2: yeah. It seemed like a really good dude would like to see him in a
0: match, just to see where he flows. And you yeah, know, the fact
2: that he power lifts too and puts up so much rate, it just shows like, you know, he cares about his craft.
0: Yeah. And he's super humble about it. He doesn't really like talk about his numbers and stuff. A lot of people do that. and mm-hmm. He never really talks about that. Even his pro wrestling, like he's like, he's getting trained by like, like his old school. And even his school now, there are pretty notable wrestlers he's training with like, like, it's pretty crazy. Like most people know Ray Mysterio, like Ray Mysterio is over there. His son, Dominic Mysterio, who's a wrestler is like one of the trainers there now. So it's kind of like, damn, man, that's like, that's legit, dude. That's as legit as it gets. And I think uh, the women's champion right now, Sasha Banks, she was Mm. um, a student at his school in Massachusetts that he trained at and stuff. So this guy has um, yeah, definitely great training and and even me as a, his jujitsu coach, like, He's easy because he's super athletic. He's super strong. He has good conditioning. His experience with time on the mat doesn't show. Like, won't tell you how good he actually is. You know what I mean? Like, this guy can train for three months and have like a year under his belt. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. He's like one Especially of those with types. That strength. Yeah, where I'm like, God damn, I was not. I was not that quick to like l- l- learn this much. You know. Mm. That's impressive, yeah.
2: I think uh, as kids, our first experiences with fighting have to do with pro wrestling, WWE, WWF. And I think because we see that type of wrestling, I wonder if that's why we all grow up thinking we know how to fight. Because we're watching all these people fake fighting. And I wonder if that... Changes us mentally. What do you think?
0: Yeah. Well, we grew up in a unique time, too, where wrestling, when we were little kids, pro wrestling was thought to be real. Like they still kept that allure of like, this was real fighting. So it makes sense that we completely thought that. I think generations today, when they're really young, still think that when they watch wrestling, too. But I remember like wrestling all my friends. I remember literally doing a fisherman suplex where you hook their head and you hook their leg and suplexing them. And not only could they not stop it, I would slam them on their back, but they couldn't get out. I would just have them in this cradle. And what's funny is even in jujitsu, I use that cradle all the time. Like cradle, I, I cradle everyone in wrestling. So like that's something I still do. And I'm like, I learned that from pro wrestling and it is real. But there's also other things like just a regular straight suplex that I expected to do as a kid. I'm like, oh, that doesn't work, or I can't do that. So it is <laughs> interesting. Like it probably does give you the illusion just from watching. And you're like, oh, I can do that. Exactly.
2: Oh, I you can know. do that. And then, yeah. God forbid, you get into a real fight and you have never practiced. And then you're like, wait right. up! I can't do any of these things.
0: Yeah, but as a kid, I could do it, and I was doing it to other kids. <laughs> I guess, yeah,
2: yeah, With kids, it's different. So I was adults, like
0: justifying it. I was like, no, this is real.
2: I mean, yeah, I'm calling it fake, but you have uh, Sakuraba, who is a wrestler and is one of the greatest. You have Kurt Angle, who's a gold medalist. Yeah. Ken Shamrock went into pro wrestling. Brock Lesnar, who was a collegiate All-American, then a pro wrestler. And then became UFC heavyweight champ. So there is some overlap in some ways, you know, where it's attracting the right type of...
0: You can have a list of pro wrestlers going into MMA. There's also MMA guys going into pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of the more prominent ones are right now. You have uh, Matt Riddle, uh, Jake Hager, another one. There's a few. And I'm sure you'll probably see more over time too. And they're really good. Yeah. Like they were great MMA athletes and... I don't know. Maybe they just had more express, or they wanted a longer career in pro wrestling. Uh, That makes sense. It's it's a good transition both back and forth from both. I would say a lot of martial arts and pro wrestling.
2: Yeah, I guess with like a little bit less uh, risk, right? If you go into WWE, like where it's
0: you get to use your
2: skills, the more fun, and you're not trying to hurt each other.
0: Less risk in paycheck. I don't know if less risk in paycheck. I don't know if I would say less risk and damage.
2: Yeah, you'll still get damage, but you're not trying to do the damage. Yeah, the damage like I don't is think. Like happening.
0: Right, like I don't think you'll end up with like as much CTE as MMA, yeah. but I definitely think you'll have some long-lasting life injuries uh, that will happen.
2: And for all wrestling fans, of whether real wrestling or pro wrestling, especially pro wrestling, you should watch the movie The Wrestler. Darren Aronofsky made it. Uh, Who's the main character? The guy from Sin City. Mickey Rourke? Mickey Rourke. I thought it was going to be like a silly movie. It was like one of the most tragic, deep, like epic. It was nominated for an Oscar Best Picture. It was like one of the most beautiful, sad movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, You guys should watch it. The Wrestler. If you love wrestling, I think uh, you're going to appreciate it.
0: Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if. Like I know, Josh Barnett, Craig touched up on this a little bit where he was talking about. I think they called it. I think they called it Bloodsport, which is so funny. That's the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, which I love. Great. Yeah, who doesn't love that? If you're a guy, you love that movie, right? If you've seen it, you love it. All right. Um, anyway, Josh Barnett wanted to kind of blend those worlds a little bit more with MMA and pro wrestling, and it makes me wonder, like, if if there is more if there's more to that relationship than there has been, if there's more fruit to gain out of that, uh, I do think they are a lot more closely tied. I mean, if you look pro wrestling, historically came from catch wrestling, like Mm -hmm. like it was just called like catches, catch can wrestling. It was like a carnival thing. Like they would just take on all comers. And that was the rule set. The same pro wrestling rule set is what you use in catch wrestling, but they realized in order to keep, like they're superstars, to keep name notoriety, to keep popularity, to keep matches, to be entertaining. Scripting it was obviously like a thing. And so it ended up becoming pro wrestling. So yeah, like pro wrestling, even the moves, the chain of events that they do nowadays has gotten a little bit more flashy, but there are still some roots and foundations that you learn to become a pro wrestler that are directly from catch wrestling and directly applicable interesting yeah, yeah so
2: take something from bruce lee uh take something from everyone you mm-hmm. know and uh wherever you can get it like learn it and so i guess uh, you could definitely learn some from the pro wrestlers out there too
0: yeah definitely all right that about wraps it up for the podcast thanks for joining us guys Thanks for listening to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions, or if you would like to fight us, send us a DM on Instagram at philosophy fighting.